Come on, you yellows. Flying high below this Wembley archway sky today. Welcome to the original, the Talker United Yellow Army podcast brought to you each week by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes of the Herald Express and Devon Live. We'll talk you through the latest news from Plainmore. We'll chat to the people making the news around the club. You can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, on Spotify and on iTunes. Welcome to a Talking United Yellow Army podcast. We are three old blokes in a skate park today. And I never thought I'd be saying that. No. <laughs> but the reason is... Well, no, we haven't bought our skateboards. First. We haven't. And there's nobody skating at the moment, but there might be in a minute, in which case you'll get some interesting sounds. <laughs> uh, the reason is that Torquay are training at Coach Road, Newton Abbott, today, because Coach Road has a similar 3G surface to the one they'll be playing on at Maidstone on Saturday. Uh, the players similar. are just similar yeah. they're all different aren't they Dave we, yeah. I should say we've got Dave Thomas with us for reasons that will become clear in a moment but yeah they're all slightly different aren't they telling me they are uh, and Bromley where United lost the other week and Maidstone uh, not quite chalk and cheese <laughs> but of course these all weather pitches the longer they are laid down the slower they get yeah the new ones are really quite pacey and quick and Maidstone's has been down for quite a long time at the Gallagher Stadium and um, I remember a couple of years ago talking to Luke Young about it and he said it's like playing on two completely different surfaces really? so um, uh, you know it, it's uh, it's not a it's not a, an exact science <laughs> put it like that when you said chalk and cheese then Dave I had an image of, of playing football on the pitch made of chalk and cheese I don't know what that yeah. says about me well well there'll be, there'll, there are several people who reckon that Maidstone's pitch is definitely on the cheese uh, <laughs> bracket but uh, that's probably side. being a bit bit uh, <laughs> a bit cruel but uh, no it's it's not uh, just just because two teams play on artificial pitches doesn't mean you're getting the same thing no. each time but well here we are anyway we're at decoy BMX track uh, which produced Kai Forte, produced various champions in uh, BMX and skateboarding. Uh, so it's quite a sporting hotspot. This very glad to be here. It's a bit windy though, Rich, isn't it? So you're going to yep. have to try and keep the wind off the microphone. I've got my, my hands cushioned around the microphone. As best we can. Yeah. Uh, in a few I'm moments, old. I'm starting to ache already. In a few moments, we'll have a chat with Gary Johnson. Um, we've just had a chat with Gary Johnson about the game coming up. Uh, we don't dwell too much on what happened last Saturday against Boreham Wood but we'll deal with that a little bit later on but Dave the reason that we wanted to quiz you a little bit today is that um, the, the pop side Plainmore as a whole has lost one of its favourites this week hasn't it Dave Rudge died yesterday yes he did and and it's come as a real shock to everybody um, uh, he died after a, a short illness yeah uh, and you know be wrong to go into a, any of the details of, of, of that yet um, uh, very, very sad. Yeah. Uh, and 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 because he was with us, and not only in spirit but in person, he was at the Oldham game uh, yeah. as right as rain. But he was due and to be at, uh, at Retro Goals this afternoon, which has been called, called off, off. Uh, yeah. for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, uh, uh, I first met him when United signed him from Hereford. Mm-hmm. 1975 that was um, uh, and uh, he was a, a proper pro you know you know when they walk through the door yeah um, and it was only as time went on that that I fully realized what a, what a a a good player he was but secondly what a great player he'd been yeah he was in yeah. Aston Villa's first team in the old first division at what, 
as a teenager, mm -hmm. as, a, as a very quick right winger. Um, played 60-odd games for them in the first and second division, scored 10 goals. That's a pretty good, you know, uh, yeah. return. Um, and then uh, he suffered a broken leg. And, and, of course, back in those days, broken legs were a good deal more yeah. problematic yeah. than they are now. And, and uh, Dave struggled a little bit to get over that. And I, the impression I always got that maybe that, that, that kind of blazing pace that he had as a, as a youngster was blunted a little bit. Yeah. Um, but even though he, he, he carried on and played with distinction for Hereford uh, uh, and then with Torquay for, for two and a half years, um, you, you, he then relied on his talent yeah. and his know-how, uh, his guts, um, uh, in, in a side which, of course, we've also lost uh, not long ago Clint Bolton from that yeah. era, which, yeah. was, which was very sad indeed. It was um, the, the side that wore the, um, the the vertical blue, yellow, blue stripe. Down one side, wasn't it? yeah, yeah. The best um, ever Torquay kit. A very good-looking side, a good-looking and a good-looking look on the pitch side. Yeah, yeah. Never, unfortunately, uh, achieved anything. Yeah, never in any danger of going down or anything no. like that. But usually under Malcolm Musgrove. Yeah. And it was a, it, it was a, a, I can remember travelling with Dave many times over the over the years up and down the country when there was no motorways yeah um, and he was fantastic company and remained it all his life he, he, he went when he finished playing he played for several local sides um, yeah. played uh, here at Newton Abbott didn't a, he? a great friend yeah. yes he did yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Barnstable I think to start mm. with after he left United and I can remember uh, one uh, a story one I was at a game obviously at Plainmore and a friend of mine went to see Dave play in for Newton Abbott in a cup tie a Devon Senior cup tie I think it yeah. was, uh, against a Plymouth team and several of the Plymouth players decided to try and prove how tough and strong they were and sort this ex-pro out and um, <laughs> got very little change out yeah. of Dave and the nice thing was that uh, several of them went up to him afterwards and shook him by the hand as if to say <laughs> we realize what we yeah. run into today um, he was a great trier eternally cheerful I, I've never met anybody a, have a bad word to say about him, or he say a bad word about no. anybody else. He loved football, he loved coming to play more, um, mixing with the fans, watching the games. He was never overcritical about, you know, you never heard him saying, oh, that was rubbish, or that was rubbish, or that rubbish. Eternally supportive. Yeah. And, and we'll all miss him terribly. And uh, um, he, he was a, a proper bloke, a proper player. And, and our loss can only be, our sense of loss can yeah. only be, uh, you know, small compared with what his family must be going through. And um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it won't be the same. Uh, the the, no. the goal's nest won't be quite the same without him, put it like that. Because, of course, he played in the same Aston Villa team as Dick Edwards and Tommy Mitchinson. And both the Riox. Yeah. Andy yeah. Lockhead at centre forward. Yeah. These are names which our older listeners will instantly yeah. go. And and he he was a he was a leading member of that team. Mm. Uh, you know, he wasn't an also ran or anything like that. There was a lovely um, description in a newspaper cutting that somebody put up on social media this morning of him dancing down the right wing and crossing for somebody to score. He, he was a, a gifted footballer. He was. Yeah, he was. He was. And, um, and of course, played in the Torquay, uh, as Julian mentioned, when we beat Burnley 1-0 in the yes. League Cup. Well, famous I game in 78. Yeah, 78, yeah. Willie just Brown's coming to goal. the end of it then. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, he played a season under Mike Green, 77, 78, something like that. Um, season, half a season, and then yeah. uh, retired from the from the programme, and and uh, and of course he worked at Pro Direct for many years in Newton Abbott, 
uh, regaling the staff there with odd stories, which had to be dragged out of him, but, yeah. but uh, he, would, uh, he would do it. And he was held in huge regard and respect there. I think quite a lot of the people who never knew what he'd done early in his career were really sort of yeah. uh, um, surprised and uh, at what a, what, a great career, what a great career he had and what a good player he was. So this is kind of a natural break where we'll, we'll go and have a listen to uh, the chat we've had with Gary Johnson and people are turning up to use the skate park and they're wondering why three old blokes are sitting on the edge of the skate park. Two old blokes Joe. and one <laughs> middle-aged bloke. <laughs> so maybe we should adjourn and, uh, and record somewhere else. But first of all, let's hear what, uh, what the gaffer has to say about Borehamwood, Maidstone and of course Woking. Uh, we'll be back in the sunshine on the other side of Gary Johnson. So here we are at the uh, press conference uh, on, on Thursday. It's slightly different scenery here at Coach Road. Um, with Bainton obviously playing on an artificial surface, has that changed the preparations at all? Uh, yeah, it's always, I think, important to, to work on a AstroTurf pitch if you're just about to play on AstroTurf, just you know, for, the, for the players in their, the mental state and they see the balls roll differently anyway on different AstroTurf. So, but, um, at least, at least it makes the players feel like they've prepared properly because that's what they're going to be going to be playing on on Saturday. And uh, uh, you know, we, we're, we're pretty used to AstroTurf. So I know we went to Bromley and got beat, but um, it's uh, it's something we do, and so the boys are used to that anyway. If we look at the first four games, it could be argued the first two games um, were not created so many chances got the two results though the second two games actually look much more like a gary johnson side without the results is that um frustrating at all it's a, it's uh yeah it's definitely frustrating because we want to win every game but um we certainly have had enough chances to win you know more than two games um and you know the first two games we gave the opposition too many chances but uh uh, you just have to keep going and hope that one of your strikers suddenly you know, hits a vein of goal-scoring form or a midfield player or even a centre-half from set plays. Um, you know, we, we've, we've tried to uh, look at that and see what we, what we need to do, what we need to work on. Um, nearly all, a lot of our sessions are working on forward play and uh, forward intensity. Um, so some of the new lads will have to quickly you know, pick up on on our tactics um, so that we create more chances if that's what we've got to do um, but we've we've got to score on our first or second chance that gives you a chance in the game and of course the opposition has to come out and um, and we haven't we haven't been taking our first or second very good opportunity um, what do you do about that? You know, you just appeal to the player to make sure that the, uh, the next one goes in. It must be some consolation to see a side that creates so many chances against Bournemouth though, because I yeah. imagine it's a lot more difficult if your side's not creating any chances at all. Exactly. Um, and you have to create, you, you don't get 10 chances and score 10. Do you know what I mean? So you have to create the, the right amount of chances to get a percentage of one or two if you do create 10 or 10 shots on target, they say, is normally uh, a goal. You, you know, you deserve a, a goal, one in 10. But it uh, depends on where that shot is and so on and so forth. But, um, we, you know, every we, the lads have had a good good week. Um, you know, we've had a few more days to, 
to recover. Um, have we? We didn't have a Tuesday game, did we? No. <laughs> um, and you all looked at me there as if... Uh, no, I thought I'd missed one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and it just gives us that opportunity to, to put a little bit more work in when you're not um, two games <coughs> before you know we, we play on uh, Saturday. You know, we had two away games and you spend half the time on the uh, on the coach mm. travelling. So we'll, we're going to try and sort of do some coaching sessions on the bus if we can. In as much as that, you know, we're going to speak to individuals, we're going to talk to groups of individuals. We did do that for part last year. Um, so you know, rather than play cards and watch films and things like that on occasions, we're not not the whole trip. But uh, we'll certainly be talking to them about their game, what they're trying to achieve, are they achieving it? In our opinion, yes you are, or no you're not. You need to do this, you need to do that. And uh, and maybe show them a, a little video or two on their game and say this is how you could improve. So um, we'll, we'll get the lads in their units on the bus and then for maybe an hour of the journey we'll talk, talk football to them and then they can get back to their, their films and... Uh, whatever it is else they watch. When your sides have kept clean sheets, and thankfully their defensive record has been excellent recently, you've always said that it's not just about the defence or goalkeepers, yeah. it's a whole team. So I take it you're, you're, you're saying the similar sort of thing at the other end of the field. It's not just about the strikers getting on the score sheet, exactly. it's about, about the whole team taking their chance when it comes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I did say to you after the game on Saturday that you know I asked them to put their hand up all those that had an opportunity. And uh, some had two hands up because they had two opportunities, Ali and Lapsat two very good opportunities each and there was nine nine opportunities so um, you want to create as many as you can as I say to try and get that two two goals you shouldn't really lose a game if you're organised I mean obviously people score against you more than two goals sometimes but um, and then you don't run the risk of a dodgy penalty or dodgy decision or a ricochet or something you know they've got to be very lucky to get two bits of luck um, so you know we, we try to be organized keep ourselves organized but very committed in and around our own penalty area and we've got to show that commitment at the other end as well we're showing it in bits um, but we need to show more uh, we were just saying then that you have had a rare free week and um, the other end of the, the uh, coin though is, is that you've now got uh, two games in very quick succession However, the plus side is obviously you get six points like that gaffer. The league table can look very different, isn't it? <laughs> it will look different. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, they're, they're two, they're two games that, as you say, you know, if you if you can get maximum points, you're going to be up there in the top six or seven or whatever. It's top six or seven, the top seven, um, and that's where you want to be and you want to try and stay there. So every game's an opportunity, and this is a, another one. It's still early days, but we've got to catch up. And that's why after 10 games, um, and I know people get fed up, maybe, I don't know, hearing it all the time. But that's when you've played a quarter of the teams and you, you pretty much know where your team are against those 10 teams. And there'll be teams from at the end of the season that will be at the top, there'll be some that will be at the bottom. We don't know which ones they are yet. Um, and then that's when you can really show and say where, what you need to do. You might have to bring in more players, loan some players out to bring in those players or stick with what you've got because they've recovered. Uh, but yeah, a couple of results would uh, 
do very nicely, thank you. We talked briefly about refereeing last week. Boreham Wood game's gone. Brief. I, yeah, I don't <laughs> think it was brief. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> cause any more chaos around the Boreham Wood game, but I was yeah. interested in what you said afterwards about the process that you had to go through to try and make some representation to the officials. You yeah. had to talk to the assessor. Yeah. Is there a procedure, and if not, should there be? Because there were time, or there have been times in recent games when you might have wanted to make a point about officials. Yeah, um, well, I, well, I managed to speak to the assessor, as I think I, I told you. So we haven't yet had uh, a response from our questions. They are nowadays, and maybe that we help with this. They are giving you a response. Obviously, not straight away um, at the moment, but and also, you know, we're at limited. Steve Dunn is the referee's coach. He, at these meetings, always says, you can ring me up any time and discuss, but you don't want to take up all this time. You want the response officially and so on and so forth. So, so I th they are trying to appease managers that feel a little bit hard done by through certain decisions. Um, and what I got from the assessor is probably what I'm going to get from the official yeah. note. And uh, generally, he, he understood our, our, our gripes. Is that process clear enough, or, or should there be a, a something specifically that you can do? Well, I think every every week you hear managers generally losing managers um, because when you've won, it don't ever feel so bad. But um, but if it's something that you know we we was asked to travel a long way to go to a meeting to, and then those th only three or four things that they were going to change, nothing had changed and we didn't see that whatsoever. Uh, that's when you get disappointed, uh, to say the least, and um, you know, we just had to make a, uh, a have a discussion with the assessor and say, what you all said as a referees association did not happen today. Yeah. And when they send the full report, then we'll see whether they agree with us, um, which intimations are that they they will um, so yeah. but we'll, unfortunately it's dead and buried then you can't get anything back nothing can change um, they'll always say well you know we'll, we'll take it on board etc etc um, but at least people are talking you know and that's for the betterment of the game hopefully um, because the referees that you know need to um, be more consistent, let's say, um, then hopefully it will help them in the future. Whether it helps us, you know, we don't know yet. <laughs> One player who, who you haven't been able to use at all so far this season is Aaron Jarvis, and obviously he's a centre forward and a target man. Yeah. At these levels, they're quite important, aren't they, those players? Can you give us a bit more of an update on where he is, and not physically where he is, but where he's he is there. in his recovery? <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, he's um, obviously he was one of your key, main signings. Yeah, yeah, of the key signing. He yeah. absolutely was, and we wanted to go into the season with three big, strong strikers. Um, you know, with Andrews and Jarvis and Will Goodwin, and uh, any two from three or even three from three would have been uh, good for us. But <coughs> unfortunately, he got a double dead leg, which you know, double hematoma. Is obviously a quite a big injury yeah. because he 
you know, he, he did take a little bit of stick in, in the pre-season friendlies because uh, that's the way he plays as well. Um, but I think we've turned the corner. I think we've turned the corner. He feels better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be like tomorrow. No. no. Um, but he, he definitely feels more comfortable right. with, um, with, his, with his injury. Uh, I'm pretty sure now the injury is more or less cleared up, but it's now just getting a fitness. And then, of course, we come up to the old issue of trying to get people match fit and firing uh, well, on their way back from. Well, if we had free, yeah, if we had free strikers, for instance, yeah, um, then you, you, we probably wouldn't have played Corey so early. No, if if the no. other two had been fit. No, no. Um, so he had to get fit, and he did. You know, he, he didn't have a fantastic game. But he, but he was out there for 90 minutes and, and tried to do his best, which yeah. he did. Um, but he's, you know, you wouldn't normally have, have played him. No. You know, so I was like, we wouldn't play him if they're injured. No, no. But sometimes you have to play him because yeah. if you've got Saturday, Tuesday, you haven't got the, the, num the number of days to, to get them fit. You no. can't give them a new, another pre-season yeah, for no, six absolutely. weeks, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So you have to get them fit in games. This is what I've been saying yeah, for the last yeah. two or three weeks. But you now every every week, every game that goes by, I'm hoping that we got more to choose from. Yeah. And what what um, what what are the vibes and the, the, the uh, evidence about Maidstone? What sort of a what sort of a side are they? They were promoted last year, obviously. And, uh, yeah. Well, they they, yeah. they I mean, obviously, they come up against a very good side in in Wrexham yeah. the last game and. Uh, Wrexham are probably going to do that to a lot of other sides and I, I know Hakan very well, the manager at Maystone. He, he used he, to play for us. Yeah, he, he played for me as well. Did yeah, he? yeah, he did at Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. Probably one of the second played best. On, played for us on loan from Barnet back in the mists of time. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. he's the second best passer I've ever he's a good worked with and yeah. uh, the best one was me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, he's, a, he's a great bloke. He's a, he, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah. he's a good lad and yeah. uh, he's very competitive, Yeah. which is you know, why I had him at Cambridge and uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's a good lad and he'll, he'll get his team fired up for the game like he did yeah. when we played. Maidstone in the cup. Yeah, because he, he, he number two to John. He was Stewart, number two to yeah. John Steele at yeah. the time. Yeah. But yeah. now he's, uh, Quite. you know, I mean, obviously John Steele didn't do a lot of the tra training in those days. No. Even when John was manager, but he's a, he's more of a director of football. I'm not sure if he's still there. John. No, I think he's moved yeah. on. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah, Dagenham is it? Dagenham? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, Hakan's in charge now, and we've got to be ready for. His, um, his way of playing. Yeah. Do you think those teams in those divisions, the North and South divisions, are getting closer to the, the teams in the National League when they come up? You know, they look. I mean, everyone expected Dawkins to be beaten five 0 every week, but that's not happening. No, no, that's right. Uh, they are, and that's why they've got into our league. Mm. Um, and you know, they don't. We'll have to see whether they eventually struggle. But a couple of them are classed as sort of part time, but. They're only one day a week less, yeah. and like I think Hakan got his team in on Monday where they normally have a day off, so they've had an extra, mm. an extra day, and and so they they work it quite well those teams and um, that are supposedly part time. 
but um, it's only a few hours less than yeah. what the, 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 the main, you know, the full-time pubs do. It was uh, remiss of me when I talk about Aaron. Dan Martin, obviously, is, is, is he in a similar situation? Is he coming on now? And, uh, yeah, Dan. It's an ankle with him. Yeah, yeah, ankle injury. Uh, Dan's the same. I mean, he, you know, the players have to be free from injury sure. for us to sort of get them in yeah. um, and train with us. So he's still on the treatment table right. as we speak. Right. But he's not with you yet. No, he's not no, with us no. yet. But he, I don't think he'll be, he'll be far away. But I think I've said that about him for the last yeah, yeah, three yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's where he is. I just looked round and saw him doing some yeah, yeah, gentle, gentle kicking. That's right, yeah, he won't be doing nothing with us, I don't think. The new physio's certainly kept busy, isn't he? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable, really. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's a lot of work to do, because the queue is a mile long outside the physio <laughs> room, and uh, then you get the precious ones who want to massage and so on and so forth. So we've, had to, we've brought in um, uh, another lad who's uh, an intern to, to help out. So it's interesting to hear Gary on the subject of the Bournemouth game, <coughs> getting the players fit and the refereeing situation. Yeah. As I say, you can't discuss the Bournemouth game from last weekend without mentioning the referee, Rich. No, no, you um, can't. You were quite outspoken in your piece <laughs> after the match. Had a little bit of a go, didn't I? I think people were on board with that, though. <laughs> I, I, we've said before on the podcast, haven't we, that they, we're not here to pillory referees. They have a hard job. And, you know, we know some referees. It's a thankless job. But as Gary was hinting, there has to be some way that teams can make a representation that things just aren't going particularly well. I think I think this this one was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I think we've seen it so many times, and as I said in my piece, it's it's kind of a harm in the integrity of the league. Mm. You know. Um, now, funnily enough, when I sent it to to Dan Clark to put on 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 our, our Devon Live website. He, he read through it and came back and said it's not just not just National League I've seen it in League yeah. One this season as well so you know you I, I guess we it's difficult to, to say that we are a special case mm. uh, the National League in particular but you know some of the standard of the refereeing has been awful and as, I mean as Gary says it's easy, it's it's easy for a losing manager to point the finger and there were two incidents against Boreham Wood I mean for a start uh, Jamal Fifield's goal looked offside. I, I, I actually You've paused it, and poured, trying you, you know that moment when you're trying to pause it on the moment, and there's a little lag, and you can't quite get it. But I think I actually got it perfectly, and it's it's close. Let's. I, yeah. I'm not going to say that 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 um, you know the the, the, the linesman made a, a massive error there because it is close, but it does look just slightly mm. offside. And of course, it was a mishit shot as well that that, that came to him. Yeah. And I don't think anyone was expecting him to cross it. Uh, least Fifield, who you know, he was almost, making, almost received he was it as a present. Back, yeah, 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 yeah. But, and the um, the foul on Will Goodwin that everybody yep. thought should have been a penalty to yep. Torquay was so blatant that if you look at the video, the Boreham Wood players have stopped. Yeah, and as we were talking about it just now, weren't we? And and, and you see, the, the odd thing was because the, there was still a chance for Torquay to get a goal from that situation. Um, and there was a there was two or three block shots yeah. in, in the aftermath. No one protested straight away, but once the ball was cleared, um, and uh, you know, talkie players surrounded the referee. Not not in a bad way. Mm. They you know they, they were just obviously asking him <laughs> where was the penalty. Um, the, the referee was was yeah you know just waved them away as if, as if 
you know nothing had happened and 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 as i said in my piece as well i think he he was certainly as far as i could tell the only person in 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 the ground on the day that didn't see a penalty apart from you have to question the two uh, assistants now one one as dave pointed out when we spoke earlier on was a bit further away but the one who was close to it i mean does he not put his flag up and say referee i, I think know. we need to have a word about that I really or don't are they know. not allowed to do that anymore? Yeah. I don't well, know. We've noticed a few strange things, haven't we? With uh, because if because if he if he thought yeah. it was yeah. was perfectly legal move as well, then then they're, they're the only two people in the in the ground, yeah. which is a hell of a coincidence. By the way, a lot of traffic going past. We know you don't mind this, but there is you can probably just about make out the sound of footballs being kicked behind yeah, us yeah. somewhere in the training ground that we can't see up over the big bank. But uh, I think I'm um, just sorry to interrupt that. that one of the points that Gary's been making, not only last Saturday but again today, was that he and Aaron Downs were summoned, as the, mm. all the managers yeah, do, to yeah. one of these the many referees meetings around the country where, uh, in the summer, where they go through the stuff that they're not happy about and what guideline changes yeah. there are. Yeah. And several of them, one of the main ones this year was keeping play going mm -hmm. and keeping the ball in play more. In other words, stopping time wasting if yeah. you want to really get stuck in. And uh, you think, right, okay, well, you know, and we've got to watch that. And, and they went through it with the players. Um, another one was, and I'm not saying that happened on Saturday, but you, know, you are not allowed to celebrate in goal in front of opposition fans anymore. That's a bookable offence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was spelled out. But also. Well, that takes half the fun out of scoring a goal. <laughs> well, um, but for obvious, perfectly good yeah, reasons, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't want to incite any trouble or anything like that. But one of the key ones was this business of keeping the ball in play longer. Wait. So, one of the instructions that the referees told Gary and all the other managers was that if a foul is committed, not a serious one, and it's away from a danger area, and the, the team that's been fouled is in an advertiser's position, referees are being encouraged to play on and not to stop play at that. Now, I know this exists anyway, to a yeah. certain extent, but they said that was one of the ways in which they were going to try and keep play going and keep the ball in play. Because as we know, statistically, the ball in National League, team, in National League games has often been in play for 40, 45 yeah. minutes yeah. out of 90. Yeah. Well, and they're trying to get it up to about, uh, to nearer to 70 minutes out of the 90, as they possibly can. Now, I think what annoyed Gary was that the referees or several that he's seen so far don't appear to be putting no. all of that stuff into action no and boreham wood game on saturday game management commenced in about the 20th minute i would say well because they got that early goal yeah. as well they, they felt comfortable enough to you know take their time over most situations and uh, you, you would have wanted that to be hurried up a little bit in light of as you say dave in light of what referees have been specifically told. in the remit of referees this season that, that and they are being encouraged to book players for for over game management yeah. or what you and i would actually call time wasting mm -hmm. early in games yeah. not in the last five or ten minutes when usually the effect of it is already yeah. uh, it's, it's already taken effect so i think that's partly behind his frustration yeah. that it's almost like well why ask why or why ask us us and tell us tell us all about these things and then, and then you don't appear yeah. to be putting you into action well, no, but, he, but he also like. gary also said that he se seemed to suggest that the referees 
when asked didn't know about the new rules well alone. I, th I think it's people in the heat of the moment they'd always they you know <laughs> we've all been in situations where somebody's dropped something into your lap and you don't quite know what to say and you may not say exactly yeah. the right thing i think we've talked about this before haven't we that the referees have so much stuff now dropped into their laps each season different interpretations of the law whether it's handball offside this that and the other there's a new by the way there's a new part of the handball ball law that's changed this year and uh, all of this they're, they're constantly having to not reinvent the wheel but but mm. rewrite the book the whole yeah. time yeah. and it's not helping them uh, um, and and it's 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 a, it's a difficult problem, but I, I can understand Gary's frustration is that, is that when you've been told that something's going to happen and that it doesn't appear to be happening on that side of the game, yeah. it's, um, it takes some sticking, doesn't it? Apologies for the, for the noise there. That was 112 dogs leaving one Seemed car. Like, <laughs> it was like one of those cartoon sketches. Yeah. The door open, dogs came out for quite a long time. But, uh, they're all happily off on their walk now. But refereeing decisions apart, Torquay, well, I, I wrote down straight after the game, Torquay were a bit vanilla weren't they against Boreham Wood good, good, uh, good choice of yeah. yeah Gary Johnson's teams in the past we've had Raspberry Ripple teams we've had, occasionally we've had a salted caramel team but it was a bit vanilla on Saturday we weren't very effective with the ball uh, didn't do everything we should have done without the ball um, it, it, it was an unusual performance from a Gary Johnson team and one we wouldn't want to see very much more of I think in the end uh, John Rudge the old United centre forward and coach um, said to me one day when I was saying what a fantastic job he'd done with Steve Cooper and Les Lawrence one day back in the mists of time um, and he said Dave people like me are ten a penny which of course he was unfairly running himself <laughs> yeah, down unfair, yeah. he said players win games yeah and he's right yeah players win football matches look we all know we talk you've got one of the best managers they've had for a long long time uh, and and he's a huge influence on everything that happens here and long may it continue yeah but in the end who has he got out there yeah and just at the moment through certain, some circumstances and the biggest one which we were asking today about at the press conference was Aaron Jarvis yep, the, the centre forward as you say probably the marquee signing of the summer or one, I mean, certainly one of them Gary almost, uh, almost uh, gave and, that away uh, in the and, and he's the replacement hmm. For, da for, for Danny Wright yeah and uh, we haven't and, seen him yet and we haven't seen him yet so uh, you know you're asking Corey Andrews who's not a proper centre forward he's a play who plays off a centre forward yeah Will Goodwin who's 20 years old and just in on loan from Stoke City and he's learning his trade doing a fairly manful job of yep. trying to act like Aaron Jarvis or, or Danny Wright and you know, in the end, United are having to mix and match a yeah. little bit at the moment. It's a spell which Gary's very hopeful they'll they they will get through, mm. and, and we all hope that. Uh, the big question is how long will he wait if things don't improve before he says, "Right, I can't afford to wait any long. We've got to go out and try and yeah. get somebody else." Because, uh, as, as we said, uh, let's all hope for six points over the next two games. Absolutely, I mean, but. Um, that could put you right back in it and then suddenly when you've got the players back it's I'd a take four case. from the next yeah, two games yeah, more than yeah, that. Yeah, and of course yeah. the, the key thing is you want to keep your home fans on side you don't want to be losing at home mm. um, and it and when you turn people off at home and I'm not saying the fans are, 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 are because by all accounts I wasn't there last Saturday um, at, at a family wedding but by all accounts the fans stuck with them incredibly well last Saturday and did their best to lift them in the closing stages of, of the, I'm sure Plainmore went quiet for a while 
but Gary Johnson came out afterwards, from what I understand, and and actually sort of thank the, the, he did. the yeah, fans well, for, they, 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 for, they, for sticking they with, them and with them. They have stuck with them. They have, and, and they're very supportive. But you don't want to be losing a couple of home games in succession. And here we are, our old friends from Woking, uh, uh, here, here on Monday, yeah. with, yeah. With, with a new manager in Darren Sahl, and uh, we all know what to expect. I'd just like to point out the two chaps in Plymouth Argyle Gold Tracksuits just walked past us. Oh, we are at Coach yeah. Road, they're probably, yeah, they're, uh, they're probably going to the office. I think they're uh, Devon FA business, yeah, I think it yeah. is. Just talking about Boreham Wood then, I just had a little look through the squads this morning. Uh, Torquay United, as obviously as we know, seven of the players who started for Torquay on Saturday are new arrivals. Mark Holstead, Tom Lapsley, Ali Omar arrived in 2021, Dean Moxie in 2020. If you look at the Boreham Wood side, this is what I'm getting at here is it's yeah. about player retention and not having to rebuild your squad every summer because you've got Nathan Ashmore 2019, Femi Elias the fullback, has been there since 2016 and has been a thorn in our side ever <laughs> since. Uh, Will Evans and Josh Reese. we'll come back to Will Evans in a minute, 2021. Lee Unlove, the big striker, uh, he's new, he's just arrived this season. Yeah, Ty he was impressive, I liked him. Tyrone Marsh first played for Boreham Wood in, in 2019, had a little spell away but came back again. Jamal Fifield has been there since 2018, he got sent off against us as well once, didn't he? Denon Lewis, 2021, uh, and Jack Payne, Eric Osuza and Zach Brunt are all new, but there are players there that have made the core of the team and Luke Garrard, bless him, hasn't had to reinvent his team every season, which Gary has. Mm. Um, I just think it's interesting there. And, and Will Evans, let's talk about Will Evans. If he was on our team, we'd be naming streets after him. People would be naming their Jack Russell Terriers after him. Um, he's a tremendous fullback and he really, he bossed everything in that defensive area, didn't he? Quite physically though. Dark arts, I think. The dark it. arts yeah, of defending. He, he, he uh, worked Corey Andrews out quite early yeah. and continued to, to foil his runs uh, within side, you know, that kind of law, the, 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 the shady of. area that, yeah, yeah, that, that, that good defenders know where, where it is, don't they? But I, I think he's a cracking player. Yeah. And if I'd been naming man of the match and you could have anybody from any team, last Saturday it would have been Will Evans for me I thought he was it, outstanding it, it's a funny one that Boreham Wood game I mean we're talking about it probably more than we, we, we expected to but because of the penalty incident a lot of the focus was on that afterwards and I'm, I, I'm sure actually that Gary was you know he wishes the penalty incident didn't happen but, but I'm sure he's quite relieved that a lot of the focus has been on that and, and not the performance but having said that you know had, uh, Ali Omar had a, a great shot early in the first half I mean they went ahead with that goal we, we know that it's one of those goals that sometimes you can't you can't really plan for but Ali Omar if he'd scored with that cracking shot and it was a great save, save Nathan great Ashmore's save. a good goalkeeper um, if he'd scored with that I think we might have seen a, a, a different game um, goals change games goals change games and, 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 and when they come yeah. sometimes is important isn't yeah, it yeah absolutely it's, it's the old old thing isn't it you have to score when you're on top yeah and uh, by all accounts, United had their spells on top on Saturday, especially in the second half. Mm. You have to put the ball Which in we're the not back doing. of the net. Bring, brings back to uh, back to my vanilla comment, I'm afraid. Ash, and, Ash, and um, Ash, you know, Ash, Gary knows it better than yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's 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 um, uh, you know, you're talking about him and Aaron and people who who absolutely very experienced in the game. They don't have to be told that we're a little bit lightweight up yeah, front no, at the moment. That's true. And, um, um, Asa Hall was unlucky with a header right at the end there as he well. Was. I mean, it was a lovely little flicked header which was going right into the top corner and, you know, o over a crowd and into the top corner. And the next thing, this hand just pops up out of nowhere. And of course, Ashmore's 
turned it over. So, so. Yeah. Maidstone. Let's look ahead to yeah, Maidstone. Yeah, let's look at Maidstone. Uh, we, do you know we've only beaten them once? <laughs> and how many, how I'm many not surprised to hear you ten say times. it. Guy. Have we played yeah. them we've ten lost times? lost seven, drawn two. Wow. We beat them by two goals to one in December 1989. Is that Cup the same match. Maidstone though? Are we, it, it, uh, no, they've been through a couple of... Because they, they were the first team to, to yeah. actually withdraw from a, from, from a league. Yeah. From the yeah. league. Yeah. Dean Edwards and Mark Loram. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mark Loram, who was pictured on social media with a talky fan. And this uh, week, Mark's still there. Maybe it's my morbid uh, mood at the moment, but um, two away games against Maidstone. Phil Lloyd broke his leg at Maidstone and ended right. a run of about a thousand consecutive appearances <laughs> for United back in about 1980, uh, whenever it was. 89, 89 90. 90 yeah. And yeah. then, of course, on United's last visit to the new Gallagher Stadium, Liam Davis suffered yeah. his what turned out effectively to be a career-ending yeah. ankle injury mm. there. So let's get that out of the way. <laughs> it's going to be tough. I mean, Hakan Hayretin, um, as Gary was saying, you know, we, we whenever Hakan Hayretin brings a team to play more, he always stops for a chat with he does. The, the press corps, doesn't he? He's, um, he's a big character and he will have them fired up. Yeah. Very, very experienced coach at that level as well. I mean, you know, he's been in non-league circles for, for hundreds of years. All over yeah. South East London, yeah. managing Absolutely. and coaching teams. Probably, there's probably not a team in South East London that he's not managed or coached you, with. There you go. Um, he was number two to John Still a couple of years ago when they beat us in, the FA, in that FA Cup mm. tie. He's now number one, has brought them up as champions. Yeah, National League um, champions. And uh, as Gary said, he played for him at Cambridge. Um, all those years yeah. ago um, and second uh, best passer of the ball he's ever seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well after himself after yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can remember Hacken playing for us yeah four um, games he played yeah and, and loved it at Torquay yeah. or, and, uh, was wanting to stay and then got recalled where think was he on loan I from? think he was Barnet I think he was at right. Barnet if I'm not mistaken I, I might be wrong there um, and loved it here and always loves coming back as well yeah. and um, yeah no he, he'll be He'll be he'll be, be fired one. up. Yeah, and it, it will be a tough one. And, and they've they have conceded a lot of goals, haven't they? They've conceded yes. eleven goals yeah. in their first four matches. So if you're a follower of that sort of thing, if United are going to <laughs> now, is the now is the, now may be the time. Hey, you are. We're probably heading for another goalless draw. But uh, and then, then the old enemy at playing. Yeah, they're working. Money. Yeah, I, I think it's worth adding when when you're talking about conceding goals. Is is Torquay's record this season at that end of the pitch has been pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah, if Mark House did play we well again goals, on Saturday, yeah, so yeah, I'm given to understand. If we were scoring goals, you know, it would be a completely different picture, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, But there you go. At the moment, we're not. This would be a good time to start, wouldn't it? Open the floodgates. Yeah. On a two-game weekend. <laughs> on a two-game Do you think we might see weekend. Jarvis on the bench? I think it's a bit too soon. Too soon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think um, you might be right. But and, and, of course, Gary has already touched on this whole business of he... he, he, he it's very frustrating for him to have to, to sort of send people out okay they're fit mm. and they've done a fair bit of training but they're not match fit no. uh, and we saw that towards the end of last yep. season Danny Wright was after injuries was having to go back into the team when he hadn't had quite enough stuff and it didn't help him he looked you know a little bit pedestrian at times and then, you know, when a player goes in and he's had a chance to get match fit, he's maybe had a few reserve games. I know United haven't got a reserve game or they've had a few chance of practice matches and you're really rested and fired up. That's when you see the best yeah. of people. Yeah. And this is constant sort of having to shove them out there and say, well, do what you can, run around for a time. That's why Gary touched on the fact 
that Corey Andrews, although he didn't have a fantastic match on Saturday morning, at least he played 90 minutes. Got 90 minutes into Which would have brought him body. on yeah. in terms of, you know, coming back from his hip injury. He, he so. said to me on Tuesday when I spoke to Gary for the paper that, you know, he is playing with three or four players that are playing at 80%. Quite. And, and then, you know, that almost adds up to playing with a player less. Hmm. Yeah. There we go. Gents, thanks very much in the sunshine here at Newton Abbot. Martin, Martin, hope you've enjoyed this on your drive home from Plymouth. Gentleman who stopped me on the way out of the ground on Saturday. Uh, loves the podcast. Particularly liked it when you had to shout to your mum that we were doing the <laughs> podcast there, Richard, by the way. But um, thanks for listening. Uh, two game weekend. Yeah. Four points, bare minimum. Well, four points would be nice. I'd take four points right now. We can help them, of course, by finishing. Come, Come on, on, you yellows. yellows. I think that's just about done it. Come on, you yellows. Flying high below the Wembley Archway sky today. Come on, you yellows. Full of pride, buckle up.